You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's December 13th. One-third of Americans rely on news platforms that they acknowledge are less reliable, mainly social media and peers. This is just one finding in the latest report from RAND's research initiative on how to counter truth decay. We've discussed truth decay before on the show. It's the term we use to describe the diminishing role of facts and analysis in American public life. In this new report on how media consumption might play a role, the authors analyze data from a nationally representative survey to answer key questions about where people get their news, how reliable they think it is, and how demographics and political affiliation are linked to their behaviors. Here are some of the most interesting findings. About 44% of survey respondents said that the news is as reliable now as it was in the past. 41% said that the news has become less reliable, and 15%, mostly women, racial and ethnic minorities, and people without college degrees, said that the news is now more reliable. We also asked whether people seek out alternative viewpoints when catching up on the news. Only 20% of respondents said that they always or almost always do this. Age, education, and marital status were meaningful characteristics, each associated with specific choices that people made. Unsurprisingly, younger people were more likely to lean on social media and peers, while older people were more likely to get their news from print outlets and broadcast TV. People with college degrees were less likely to get their news from social media and peers, opting for radio and online sources instead and people with less than a college education were more likely to report never or almost never seeking out news with alternate viewpoints. Married people were three times more likely than single people to rate their peers as the most reliable source for news, and unmarried people were more likely to report that they always or almost always seek out sources with differing views. So what about that first finding I mentioned? that one-third of Americans rely on news platforms that they acknowledge are less reliable. What might explain this? According to co-author Jennifer Kavanaugh, a lack of time and competing demands may be a factor. This suggests that improving the quality of news content or teaching people how to better consume the news isn't enough to address truth decay, she says. Quote, Media companies and other news providers may need to provide more easily accessible and digestible ways for individuals to consume high-quality investigative journalism. We'll have even more new research on truth decay for you in the new year, so stay tuned. Following mass protests by Iranians and a violent government response, officials in Tehran are more divided on domestic matters than they have been in months. But this internal discord is unlikely to change Iran's foreign policy, says Rand's Aryan Tabatabai. The U.S. may be hoping that the protests and infighting in Iran would bring the regime back to the negotiating table to reach what the Trump administration would like to be a better deal than the 2015 nuclear agreement. But for now, it doesn't look like that will happen, says Tabatabai, even if Washington continues to dial up the pressure on Tehran. Instead, the regime may choose a far more troubling path, greater hostility. 
This means that Washington should be ready for tensions to again reach the heights of this past spring and summer, when forces allegedly backed by Tehran attacked oil production facilities and shipping on a number of occasions, events that brought the U.S. and Iran to the brink of military conflict. It's no secret that Louisiana is starting from a place of hundreds of years of challenges, a history that's beautiful in many ways, but an ugly history in many ways too. You're not going to right the wrongs of history overnight. It's going to take time. But it also necessitates acknowledging the problems and working to remedy them. That's Louisiana Superintendent of Education John White, who appears in a new video with RAND researchers. And he's right. Louisiana's education system faces serious challenges. The state is one of the poorest in the country, and Hurricane Katrina has had lasting, devastating effects. But over the last decade, Louisiana has been a major innovator in education policy. RAND researchers have been studying these reform efforts, which span early childhood education to high school and beyond, since 2017. Here's RAND's Shelley Culbertson with one example. To improve college enrollment, Louisiana required that all high school students take the ACT college entrance exam and also fill out federal financial aid forms. And while we can't prove cause and effect with the data that we have, during the same time period from 2011 to 2018, the number of Louisiana high-achieving, low-income or minority students who enrolled in college more than doubled. This is just one finding that highlights the progress that Louisiana has made. In fact, the research we conducted in Louisiana could help other states looking to make education reforms. Although obstacles remain, the research team is optimistic about reform efforts thus far. Here's Rand's Julia Kaufman. And we have seen that teachers in Louisiana are doing things differently than they are in the rest of the United States. And teachers' work in the classroom changing is really the first step to seeing improvements in what students do and better student outcomes. You can watch the full video and find all of our recent reports on Louisiana's education reforms on RAND.org. RAND experts recently led a series of war games to learn more about Russian aggression that takes place below the threshold of armed conflict, in the gray zone between peace and war. In a new report, the researchers outlined key takeaways from these games. Here's what they found. First, What RAND experts observed in the war games was broadly consistent with what has played out in the real world. They saw that NATO and the EU are unlikely to be able to compel Russia to stop using its nonviolent everyday gray zone tactics, such as propaganda or disinformation. But they might be able to deter higher order aggression, hostility that involves outright violence or the threat of violence. The report also notes that the West seems to be winning the gray zone battle with Moscow, but it doesn't recognize this. And finally, the authors conclude that the conflict playing out in the gray zone is primarily a social, political, and economic fight, not a military one. For this reason, civil organizations rather than militaries might be in the best position to counter Russia's gray zone tactics. In 2018, Two and a half million children around the world died in their first month of life. One proposed policy solution to address this problem has been to invest more in formal health care services during pregnancy and childbirth. A new RAND study examined this approach, offering a $14 payment conditioned on using health services to households in Nigeria that included an expecting mother. 
This led to greater utilization of healthcare services and, in turn, significant reductions in child mortality. The key driver appears to be the use of prenatal care, which led to a decrease of in utero deaths. It's worth noting that this positive change occurred in the absence of any major investments or improvements in healthcare service delivery. This suggests that there's value to policies that promote the use of healthcare, even under status quo conditions. The authors of the study estimate that if this $14 payment program was offered across Nigeria, it would result in 85,000 fewer stillbirths per year. This would reduce the number of stillbirths around the world by 3%. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. We're off next week, but we'll be back in your feed on December 27th with a special year-in-review episode where we recap the most popular RAND research of 2019. Until then, have a great holiday season.